One of the nice things about being Mike Paletta is you've had multiple decades of experience in the hobby and you got to meet and see all these beautiful reef tanks as well as the aquarists. Um, and what Mike did for this episode of American Reef is he took and he actually pulled approximately 20 of who he thought were the best, we'll say, coral reef keepers slash growers out there. And what he did is he took, uh, you know, multiple data points to kind of find similarities that who he felt the top 20 had. Um, and the interesting part, at least of this discussion, is a lot of times you will hear... Uh, we'll say absolute numbers, right? Uh, your calcium should be this, your magnesium should be that, phosphates should be, you know, etc. Um, but what he ended up doing was actually taking that and doing some correlations and some ratios. So it's ratios of phosphates to, you know, that kind of thing. And again, very interesting. And again, I think very valuable for most reef hobbyists out there. And that's what we have in store for this episode of American Reef. Before we spin that up, let's make sure to, uh, again, thank our sponsors, Bulk Reef Supply, Premium Aquatics, Top Shelf, as well as Tunzi, right? All great, honest companies that deserve a chance to earn that business. So if you need something reef-keeping-wise, check them out. You won't be disappointed. Now let's spin up that video with Mike and those top 20 kind of reef hobbyist polling question results. Say that 22 times. Fast. like a huge kind of again question mark slash curiosity in my mind with this whole ratio thing well that's just part of it that, okay. that was one of the things I learned I talked to a lot of people okay but I also realized one how much we all do things similarly but also how much variance and differences there are with tanks sure and in that regard I tried to put together a article mm -hmm. a summary of what 20 of the best, when I say best, these are the people I consider the best. Right. They, a lot of them grow corals to sell. A lot of them have absolutely magnificent tanks and better sure. grow corals to sell. And there are people, if I mentioned their names, everyone would know who they were. Right. But one of the things I promised them all was anonymity because they do somewhat compete with one another. So I didn't want them to say, yeah, I yeah. got this idea. Yeah. So what I did was I compiled the data from 20 of the nicest tanks that I had seen or that I'd seen videos of, or that I knew the, the right. owners of, and that I knew were as OCD and meticulous as the re other 19 right. of us were. <laughs> right, right. So I put it together and I looked at just about every aspect of successful reef tanks. Mm -hmm. uh, the article has been published in uh, Ultramarines, mm -hmm. and 
it hasn't been published in the states, and I may I may eventually publish it here. Right. But put it. What's the name of the article? It's uh, what I learned from the twenty great reef tanks. There you go. Good deal. Yeah, but it's it, it was uh, it took a lot. I, I'm yeah. not exaggerating. It took a lot of work to put together roughly five thousand data points. Sure, sure. Well, think about it. Before COVID, like way before COVID, you and I were talking about that, right? Yeah. And so, and that was, we'll say maybe a year. So that was just, again, gathering data, right? And you had all... I had gathered it from seven people. Right. But I wanted to get a broader area. Right. And so I took it from 20 people who have some of the most colorful. The other point of it was they have some of the most colorful corals. And it's not just super saturated photos of brown corals. Right. It's corals that are under white light are still colorful. Right. These, these guys obviously know what they're doing, and I respect them, and I respect that they would share their information with me, and I really appreciated that. But they gave me so much more information than I had accumulated sure. before. Sure, And I mean, I still have it in raw form, and I still every now and then go back and look at things, right. and it's kind of astounding one, how much variance there is, as I said, but when you start putting together ratios of things mm-hmm. and how numbers of things correlate with things, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of amazing. So give me the top one that's, that jumps out at you. Another That I had always, for me, the, the, one of the biggest changes was I had always kept my calcium level at 400, sure. which is normal seawater. Almost out of these 20, 18 or 17 of them, I kept it at 450 or higher. They all kept their calcium levels higher because the corals are consuming them faster. That's one of the reasons why they're having faster growth. Okay. Uh, in terms of alkalinity, it yeah. runs from 7 to 10. Okay. There's no real sure. rhyme or reason to that. Uh, the uh, other biggest, two biggest ones that I got was their flow levels. Okay. The minimum flow in any of these tanks was 60 times the volume of the tank. And again, when you say flow, flow slash circulation. In other words, ter- things moving around in the tank. Water moving within the tank right. was at least 60 times the volume of the tank. Okay. So if they had a... 10-gallon tank? 50-gallon mm-hmm. tank, yeah, they're running 30,000 gallons of flow. There we go. Okay. So... So serious. I, serious flow in these tanks. Right. And some ran it as high as 120 times. So now in the tank I have downstairs, I'm actually running it at 140 times. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, a lot. Yeah, there's 140 times the flow or the volume of the tank and flow. And I still don't think there's enough because I know there's still dead spots within that sure, tank. Sure, because you can see it on the, 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 the trimester. Yeah. yeah. So that was one. Mm-hmm. Two, the nitrates and phosphate levels, you would think there were only roughly a handful that had either nitrate at zero or phosphate at zero. No one had both at zero. Mm-hmm. The ones that had it at zero did not test very often. So I don't know if it was exactly at zero or not. It was just sure. zero when they tested it. But one of the things I looked at was the ratio because I found that the ratio was more important than the actual number in that those that had a slightly elevated level of phosphate, say at 0.1, mm-hmm. were running at least 10 nitrate. nitrate. Those that were running at 0.5 had at least 3 to 5 nitrate. Everyone had at least a, uh, was it 10 to 1? I think it was 10 to Mm -hmm. 1 
or higher ratio or up to 100 to 1. No, 100 to 1 okay. ratio of nitrate to phosphate. Really? Yeah, okay. 10, so, to, 10 to 0.1 is 100. And, and is again, was it directional, meaning it had to be nitrate or vice versa? Lower nitrates with higher phosphate? There was virtually no one that had higher phosphates and lower okay, there nitrates. We go. So there we go. They all had slightly higher or very higher levels of nitrate to phosphate. And the ratio was what was interesting is it was always as, as low as like 10 to 1, but as high as like 200 to 1. Really? But it also, I looked at it in relationship to the par values in the tank. Because okay. we used to think you run higher lights, you run higher nutrient levels. That didn't have the same correlation as did the ratio of nitrates to phosphates. Really? Because some of the people running high par levels, mm -hmm. uh, up to 7, 750, did not have necessarily high nitrates and phosphates. They, some of them were running at phosphate levels like 0.03 and nitrates of 2. Mm -hmm. So it all, that, the, right. the, that relationship, from what I found, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it may be different if you did it with 100 people. Sure. But from those 20, sure. it was not the same. Uh, the other thing I found was there was probably only half the people were actually feeding their corals. Mm -hmm. But those that did, did so in a varied way. Most mm -hmm. of them did broadcast feeding instead mm -hmm. of direct feeding. Mm -hmm. And they did a wide variety of foods. Mm -hmm. uh, probably of those 10, half did phyto, mm -hmm. half did uh, manufactured. Mm -hmm. No one was doing live uh, zooplankton for the tank. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, we were all... When I did this, COVID had just started, because right. I did this last March, April, May, so everybody was pretty much still working and doing right. the, the amount of free time we had hadn't really kicked in yet. Right. So no one was doing that. Uh, half were bare bottom, half had substrate. Okay. Uh, all had, almost all had started with good live rot. Very right. few had started with dead rot. There you go. And that that's, didn't surprise me. Right, yeah, having it burned by yeah. the ones in the US. So that was interesting to, mm -hmm. to note. Uh, what about lights? Were they all the radion? No. Okay. So uh, I believe 16 out of 20 were LEDs, mm -hmm. uh, one halide, and the rest T5 and hybrids. Okay. Okay, but I'm going this from memory. It's yeah, in yeah. the article, but it, that, those are pretty close numbers. Right, right. Because actually, I just looked at it, uh, the numbers up last week again. And okay, so what about like all the things that we don't normally think about, iodines and all that? Did you look at those data points or no? They not most of them tested. Okay. They looked at how often they did ICP tests. Yep. Uh, half of them did the did the monthly to quarterly. The other half only did them when there was a major issue. Uh, of the group, probably. A quarter to a third added trace elements on a regular basis. Uh, half to two thirds did regular water changes. Mm -hmm. uh, at least four or five of them did yearly water changes, mm -hmm. if, if at all. So, so to your point, everybody's doing things differently, but those ratios. The ratio was one of the commonalities, mm -hmm. and also the amount of fish. Some went from an extreme heavy load mm -hmm. to some. If you took a picture every 10 minutes, you'd see maybe two fish. Sure. So sure. that varied. I mean, I'm, I love my fish, right. but I also know that fish in a reef tank are a major problem right. for a, a lot of different reasons. Right. So there's issues with that. Right. So that, that varied a lot among them. All of them that had fish all had herbivore fish in their tanks. Uh, you know, a tangs, blennies, things that were going right. to eat the algae and consume things. Right, right. Um, let's see, what else was interesting? Flow, par, 
the templates they used, most of them did not run white lights predominantly. Really? Most of them ran white lights for max four to eight hours. I think one ran it for 12 hours. Okay. But most of them ran blue for at least half the time they were running it. When I say blue, I mean predominantly blue looking tank. Like 15K? Yeah. Blue. Okay. 20. 20, 20, 22K. 22K, there we go. Yeah, they ran really blue tanks for okay. a portion of the day, which kind of correlates with, okay, how long do you need to blast the corals with strong white light? Do you need right. 12 hours? Or can you give them four hours, which is probably what they get most of them get on the reef, Sure. and be happy with that? Sure, sure, sure. Interesting. And um, again, as far as with all of the data points, right? Like you had said, hey, I just looked at them the other day. I'm sure that you're constantly going back to them. Like, what was that one? Why did you go back to the data points? I was I was looking at par and how long people kept their white lights on. Okay, that was because yeah. that's one of the things I, I saw. My friend's Kevin's tank. Uh -huh. He runs his whites for four hours, and I also saw Sanjay's tank earlier in the week. He runs everything. When yeah. I say everything, it's like He's looking 100%. at the sun. 100% for 10 to 12 hours a day. <laughs> right. So, I mean, there's such a dichotomy between those tanks. Right. right. But both of them have healthy tanks. Both of them have healthy corals. Uh, under the blue lights, because Kevin's uh, lights are only this much above the water, right. and the corals are only this much below the surface, he's at 500 par. Right. Sanjay's running all those lights. At the upper portions, he has some places 1,000 to 1,200 par, but down where the bulk of the corals are, it's also 500 par. Right. So, right. That's and when right. I look downstairs, because one of the problems I'm having is I'm not getting quite as fast a growth as mm -hmm. I would anticipate, mm -hmm. but I'm only running 300 to 350 par. Sure. Granted, that's what Bulk uh, Reef says. Right. Is the opt optimum par not to bleach out the corals, but for optimum growth, I have to go with Sanjay and Kevin running higher par, higher par right. Right. possibly for a shorter period of time. Right. So now I'm gradually going to where I'm going to run it for four hours and I'm going to max it out again. Right. And how long are you going to, are you going to take to get it up to that level? It'll probably take me three to four months. There you go. So it's a long time. Again, yeah. I'm not rushing is. anything. Yeah. Yeah. Again, especially the new guy, don't do it yeah. overnight. Don't do it overnight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else did they find that I found interesting. Magnesium levels were 1,400. Alkalinity average was 8.5. Mm -hmm. Calcium was 450. That was one of the things that struck me. Uh, most of them are doing strontium supplementation. Okay. Even though it grows coralline and coralline's a pain, it may compete with the algae, but sure. it's a good way to, to see how stable sure. and how good things are going. Uh, what about pH? pH is varied. That was a lot of them had lower pH. That was actually one of the reasons why mm -hmm. I got into trying, and I've talked to them all since, right. that we've tried to optimize pH levels. Right. Most of them were running at 7, 8, 7, 9. Uh, only a couple were over 8. And that was one of the things we discussed in mass. Sure, sure. Is that when I did this, it was before I did the pH experiments. Mm -hmm. So since then, I've gotten back to them and said, you know, some of them have pH issues. Some of them don't, right. but a lot of them don't really look at it or worry about it because things are growing so fast. Right, right. And then um, as far as you said the salinity, right? Salinity is 35, so, like spot on. And with all of them, right? There's nobody running it lower. Some may run it 35.5, 35.4, right. but nothing dramatic. Right, right, right. And nobody's running Red Sea salinity levels. <laughs> okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And then 
What about, again, temperatures? Did you grab those? Uh, oh, 77 oh. to 78 so is the, the average. Same there? Nobody really varies. Uh, most of them, that's one of the parameters they try to keep very stable. Really? Yeah. They, a couple of them found that if they fluctuate two to three degrees, mm -hmm. that's when they start having issues with the corals. Okay. So again, whatever that is, stability. Yeah. Again. And then what about all the other stuff? You know, all like you, you started going into. You said strontium, that's fine. But what about the other, you know, I mean, there's some. Like I said, only a quarter of them were doing trace elements. Okay. And half were doing water changes to replace the trace elements. Okay. So, and half were doing regular ICP testing. Okay. Again, that was a year ago. Things may have changed dramatically. Sure. Actually, I could probably write a paper on what has changed in the last year since you did your tag. <laughs> right. Especially during COVID, right? Yeah. Because, again, everybody's tinkering. They shouldn't be, but maybe they are. No, and the, the good news is all 20 are still in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When I wrote the book on ultimate reef tanks yes. 20 yeah. years ago, yes. there's literally only a handful of people that still have tanks from those yeah. 50. Yeah. That was 50 tanks, and there may be five. I remember that book. You know what impressed me about that book more than anybody? I mean, besides the Penn State and Sanjay and all that, was Leroy's. Yeah. Remember, like, you know, I Yeah. Sadly, Leroy passed away five years ago on yeah. Memorial Day. Is his wife still doing it? Yeah. Thing? Sally yeah. Joe's still okay. doing stuff. She's still posting. Okay. She actually just did a mini presentation for MACNA. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So, again, new hobbyist. There's a lot of history there. Yeah. Worth seeing. Even in that book itself, it's it's neat to see. What's it? It was called the Ultimate Reef Aquarium. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you get any residuals? I made a quarter of a book. Okay, so there he is. So okay. Bought me, I think, one fry. <laughs> Today's cost. Yeah. Right. Okay, so to that point, um, everybody that you went and grabbed the data points from, right? Yep. Colonies, frags. What are we talking about? Uh, virtually all of them have colonies. Okay. I mean, they have some frags in their tank. Right, but still. But it's it was, mainly, it's people that have colonies that have grown them from frags. And how long have they been up and running? You know, in other words, that stability. when Shortest was three years. Uh -huh. Longest was 40 years. Oh, <laughs> 40 years. Yeah. Right. No, I, I went to people right. that I trusted and know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. And time tells, right? Yeah. No, as, as uh, my friend Ray from Pirates Reef says, mm -hmm. if the tank ain't nice, don't take their advice. <laughs> True, right? Yeah. That's right. So all these people, I took their advice because all their tanks are nice. Right, right. Uh, one last question. Uh, GFO carbon. Use, don't use? Uh, most do some means for controlling phosphate. Uh -huh. And most run carbon, but for short periods of time. No one runs it constantly. Okay. And is it still just to get, the, again, the yellowish out of yeah, the water? Yeah, mainly to keep the water clean. Okay. Good deal. Interesting then. Yeah, it was, that was one of the more interesting things I learned during COVID. Right, right. I mean, that was right when the beginning in March when everything got shut down and we were all scared to leave our house because we were all going to die. Sure. And basically everyone was sitting at home and once a week for eight weeks, I would pull up an idea for more data points and right. I would get in touch with everyone. Right. And I'd herd my cats <laughs> to get it because it was like herding cats right, 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 to get right. all the data points and right. then I would publish it on Facebook. Right. Uh, okay, so to that point, then you have more data for anybody else who wants to kind of look at the the real numbers and others instead of pulling from your brain like you're doing. Yeah, right. It, they can go back onto Facebook on my Facebook page. Yep, it's all on there. It's a year ago. Mm -hmm. I think it started at the end of April last year, 2020, mm -hmm. and it ran until I did a, a summary, probably in June or July. Okay. And so then to close it out, so to speak, what did you learn from all the data points? Look at one. I mean, there's a lot of things, but it's the That one. everybody does things differently. Mm -hmm. We're all at this level. All we do is change things a little bit. 
-hmm. but nobody's out here. There are no real outliers mm -hmm. uh, from those 20. I mean, I know a couple of outliers, but I didn't put them in the group because I try to get people that... Right. Right, exactly. Yeah, because the outliers just screw up the math. Yeah, <laughs> well, statistically, get rid of your highs and your lows. And yeah, keep so it, that, right. that's why I also picked 20. Yeah, yeah. And it's easy to do numbers with 20. <laughs> I know, right? I'm, I'm gotten smarter. <laughs> I could have done 17, but, you know, nothing's divisible by 17. Exactly. So, yeah. Good deal. Well, thank you for sharing, Michael. Appreciate yep. it. Hope you guys enjoy it. Hope you look at it on Facebook and let me know what you think. Can they look at it anywhere else besides Facebook? Uh, in just, Ultramarines magazine, just, I wrote the summary up. Okay. But I didn't do the, the singular data points. On there, there's a the singular data. Okay. When I say the singular data points, there'll be one discussion on lighting, one discussion on flow, one discussion on trace elements and nutrients, one discussion on uh, filtration. Each each week, there was some... Okay. You yeah, know, there was, sure. you know, 10-minute read sure. on something. And to that point, uh, how do they find you on Facebook? Is it Michael Paletta? It's Mike? Michael Paletta. There we go. There's actually five of us on right, Facebook. Right, right, right. Uh, one in Germany, four in the U.S. <laughs> Any relation? I've talked to all of them. <laughs> there we go. They're all Wish boring. us all happy birthday as we have our birthdays. <laughs> Good deal. Thank you, Michael. Thanks.